He's Amit Carr, and I'm Telly Concepcion, and together we are Beyond the Numbers Podcast. We go beyond the numbers of sports and life to bring you the story within the story of the stories that matter. So come learn, grow, and have some fun with us. We are Beyond the Numbers Podcast. My number of the day is 27. This is BTN 27. It's also September 27th. Happy birthday to me. And thank you and welcome for those checking out Beyond the Numbers podcast for the first time for my birthday today. We appreciate it. For those that don't know, when I played at Florida for the Gators, my assigned number, Amit, randomly assigned to me was 27. And here, by co- complete coincidence, we have reached episode 27 on my birthday of 927. Makes me feel like we're on the right track. I'm thankful for God's blessings and prayerful for many more. Thank you for checking us out. We're going to keep this thing going. Happy birthday, Telly. Of course, I'm excited. We've, uh, we've made it through 27 on the 27th. These things are just aligning. Maybe we can it's get... It's lining up, man. It's lining up. Can we get 27... 27- thousand new listeners oh oh, oh. That's, that's that's the birthday which i'm blowing out the candles all right all right okay okay, okay. <laughs> my number for today 99.9 the falcons had a 99.9 percent win probability according to espn metrics when the cowboys started their possession trailing 39 to 30 with two minutes and 57 seconds left Entering this past Sunday, teams were 11 of 111. So that's 9.9% on onside kicks in the fourth quarter since the NFL changed the kickoff rules in 2018. Before the business, Beyonders, it's time for Before the Business, where we answer your unanswered questions and find the numbers that went unfound in previous episodes. So last week, we talked, um, as we do each week on Beyond the Numbers podcast, but a huge Beyonder reached out to me. Jimmy Butler reached out to us. And um, last week, we shared the information about his coffee business. $20, straight cash homie, no IOUs. I called it Big Head Coffee. Well, Jimmy reached out and he corrected me. It's big face coffee. Big head is exactly what he said to me. So my bad, Jimmy, is big face coffee. And if you see his gear, he's big face coffee owner. He's been wearing it to all the games. I think that's why the Heat have been hyped up in the series and are currently up 2-1. That extra caffeine. That extra caffeine gives you that jolt. Gives you that boost. We also talked about Michael Jordan. We talked about Michael Jordan so much. I mean, when we started the podcast, there were no sports. The only sports on was the last dance. We chronicled MJ's career for you here on Beyond the Numbers podcast. We took you beyond the numbers of his baseball career. We laid out his return, the first one, and even how he was balling with the Washington Wizards. Yes, he did ball at age 40 with the Washington Wizards. Well, get ready to add another chapter to the book. NASCAR. NASCAR. He's going to join. He bought him a NASCAR team. Yes, he did. On Monday night, the sports world was buzzing when news broke that Jordan was entering into a partnership with NASCAR racer Danny Hamlin, currently ranked second in the Cup Series championship standing with seven races remaining. The two of them have purchased a team charter from German Racing to field cars for none other than Bubba Wallace, who was leaving Richard Petty Motorsports at the season's end. The charter guarantees them a starting spot in the Cup Series field every weekend and a technical alliance with Hamlin's employer, Joe Gibbs Racing, and it guarantees equipment produced by NASCAR's current dynasty builder big news we talked about this earlier we haven't really dove into nascar and i think a lot of our listeners probably don't know a ton about it i think this may be a segment coming up yeah i think we need to explore nascar now because we might have somebody to root for in nascar we may have a car that we might want to be checking out each week for nascar 
And so, yeah, I'd like to get into the ins and outs of NASCAR. We talked about it. We've talked about Bubba Wallace and what he's endured this season with a noose being in one in his stall. We've talked about him being the only black driver in NASCAR, but we also told you guys how NASCAR was ahead of the curve and actually came out to support him more than other sports, more than the NFL supported Colin Kaepernick. Shouts out to NASCAR. I think they go all out with this, Amit. All black car, black rims, white Jordan logo. That's it. Call it a day. I do you one better, Telly. They should do different Jordan colorways. Go with all the special ones that he's had. You got to have the bread fours and the all red. You got the cab fours and the yellow and blue and the orange and blue. All the famous colorways that Jordan's had. You flip that on that car every different on different weeks. That could be pretty cool. Jordan is balling. He's going to try to do it in NASCAR. We wish this team the best of luck. This will not be the last time we're talking about this. And lastly, my Lightning, my Tampa Bay Lightning are in the Stanley Cup. They beat your New York Islanders, Ahmed, to reach the Stanley Cup don't, finals. Don't, don't go with and, your. And the series... Well, that shows that's our hockey coverage here. But the Lightning <laughs> are in the Stanley Cup. The series is tied at one with the Dallas Stars. Let's go, Lightning. Hockey Bay, USA. How crazy would it be, Ahmed, if my Tampa Bay Lightning win the Stanley Cup and my Tampa Bay Rays win the World Series and Tampa goes wins two sports in this COVID era? How crazy yeah. would that be? Shouts out to Tampa. Is, is Tampa going to turn into title town in your head? Tampa is title town. All it took was for you to move to uh, California? No, we won, we won the Super Bowl and we won the Arena Bowl and we won, I think it was a minor league championship one year and then they called it title town. There are signs on Florida Avenue. Of course there are. <laughs> but we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. It's well, exciting times. That's all I had in mind for before the business, Telly. It's time to get now to the real business. Back to the business. So, Ahmed, it's time for our new segment News, news from, from the, the NBA Bubble. bubble news. Yeah. Bubble news. We are now down to the final four, Amit. It's Heat, Celtics, Nuggets, and Lakers. We purposely held off on recording this segment, production note, until Friday, September 25th, so we can analyze both series after four games. So each series is at 3-1, and regardless, Kentucky is winning both series, Amit. Shouts out to the SEC because we got Tyler Hero, who's balling out of his mind. And you know that song plays in your head every time he shoots. I need a hero. (laughs) And he's the first player born in the 2000s. That's right. He's the first player born in the 2000s to be in the NBA Conference Finals. He's a wildcat. And people forget that Rajon Rondo is a wildcat from Kentucky. He has found his Boston self and is the reason, I would argue, Ahmed, that the Lakers have been in most of the games because when LeBron's on the bench, he's the one making plays. He is. He can't really shoot free throws like you would hope he could, but he has been the difference maker because really in the entire series, when you look at those two, it's been LeBron and AD, and then who's the third guy? Exactly. And when Rondo shows up and he's the third guy, they win when he doesn't, and they don't have a third guy, they lose. And this isn't regular... Rondo this is playoff Rondo which Paul Pierce has talked about this is playoff Rondo he's one of the highest basketball IQs and I think the guys mentioned it last night it shouldn't be allowed both of those guys have two of the highest IQs in basketball when LeBron James and Rajon Rondo are on the court together more on the Lakers in a second but we gotta hit Heat Celtics Heat Matt and Tampa is saying we ain't showing the Celtics enough love well Matt the Celtics gotta give us some more reasons to show them some love I thought this series would be a lot closer. It looks like Miami is running away with it at the moment. Anything's possible, but you're right. I think, I mean, the only time the Celtics really give us something to talk about is when they have fights in the locker room after the game. Which is good, right? You want that. It means the guys care. But at the same time, it looks like Miami, there's no drama. 
whoever scores scores with Miami. Whoever's hot is hot. Whoever's on fire shoots. They really have no egos on that team, and that makes them dangerous. I agree. I mean, they've got they've got some great personalities there, and they're all there for one mission. So Pat Riley's put together a good crew. Shouts out and a very special thank you to L. Leonard, Miles Leonard's wife. She was right, and she rightly pointed out something that we can't notice on TV, Amit, that I was kind of curious about it. She has special bubble clearance, so we got to look at the Miami Heat bench during the game. And I watched the video one time, and at first I thought it was it was the coffee, big face coffee. These guys look like they're hyper. They're jumping around on the bench. What's wrong with them? And all the Boston Celtics were sitting down. But upon a closer look, the Heat just look more together, and they're genuinely excited for one another during the games. They're shouting for one another. They're giving each other daps. They're more excited on the bench as fans as if they're players on the team. There's a level of chemistry and cohesion and just intensity there that I think is really working for them. Uh, and they seem to pull each other together, no matter what yeah, the situation Boston, is, they're pulling yeah, themselves together. Boston has more talent, right? Like they have the big name guys. They got Jason Tatum, they got Jalen Brown, they got Kemba Walker, they got Tice. Tice has been balling. He was balling in the last series. You know, they, they've, they've got the talent but it's just not coming together as much. Gordon, as the, Gordon Hayward's back. Gordon Hayward came back and gave him a spark in the last game. Ma- so Marcus Smart's still there. Marcus Smart is balling out. So it, you, you have unlimited names that you can name on the Boston Celtics in terms of talent, but the Heat just seem like they're more together and they're playing as one unit led by the coffee man, CEO of Big Face Coffee, Jimmy Buckets Butler. I think we're going to start calling him Buckets Butler because he makes them when they count. I mean, he makes them when they count. So Nuggets Lakers, and you guys know the Denver Nuggets are our adopted team. You know, these are, these are our boys. We learned, we feel like we've grown with them. We feel like we've experienced the bubble with them. We feel like we were hanging out with Jamal Murray and saw Donovan Mitchell eating his sandwich on the bench after Donovan Mitchell scored 54 points on us. We feel like we're the ones that got asked questions after the press conference, like we were Joker and they were asking us if we're tired or scared about the Lakers. This series is also 3-1 on it, but there's many parts to a 3-1. Where the 3-1 of the Heat Celtics feels over this 3-1, feels much closer than what it is. Although, interesting fact, Heat Celtic, three to one, but they've scored even number of points if you add them up. They're dead even. They're dead even through four games. So you're right. I would argue that the Celtics never, while they, in my mind, are the favorites in that series, although it's not playing out that way, they never looked like the dominant team on the court. The Nuggets, however, have had multiple moments where you're like, all right, this team could this team could take control of this game and beat them. Even last night when we looked at game four, four point game with five minutes left. In my mind, I was like, yeah, the Nuggets got to take this to pull even. I thought Denver had it, man. I really thought they did. Joker got in foul trouble early, so they couldn't he couldn't get a rhythm. He only scored 16 points last night. I feel like He's been scoring 30 every night throughout the playoffs. He only scores 16. He scores zero in the fourth quarter. They sent Dwight Howard on him. And Dwight Howard went into the phone booth. You know he's Superman. And he came out 10, 20 years ago when he played with Orlando and had a double-double in the first quarter pretty much on it. It's, it was crazy to watch Dwight Howard go back in the time machine. And I actually agree with Charles Barkley on it. After the game, Charles Barkley basically said, Joker has to do too much. Shaq didn't agree. Kenny didn't agree, but I see it. He's got to get the rebounds. Anthony Davis, one rebound last night. He doesn't have to get rebounds. He can just get a shot. He can create offense. You can bring in Dwight Howard off the bench and get you 12 rebounds, 10 points in the first quarter. Joker's got to play those minutes for the Nuggets. They don't have a dog on the bench that they can bring in and sick on somebody on the Lakers. The Lakers got a bench full of dogs they can bring into the game and sick on Joker, sick on, um, on Jamal Murray, slow them down. And then at the end of the game, the ballers ball, LeBron shows up, AD shows up. If not for that dagger, 
this this series would be completely different series because the Nuggets would actually I could argue the Nuggets might be up three one or it'd definitely be a two two series. Entirely possible and probable if things were a little different. I agree. Yeah, and and to your point, I think Joker's their guy, and he he does have to play more minutes because they don't have specific people they can throw out there. And we saw it last night. He got into foul trouble. They got. We talked about this before we we were recording today. They had to pull him out, put him back in. He never really got in a rhythm in that fourth quarter. And his his lack of a presence was a big difference for that team. And, and, and I think he's also one of those guys that just being on the court, right? It automatically changes how your defense plays right against you because you now have to consider him and, and take him into consideration in any sort of play. But also you, you just have a different feel, right? There's a different level of confidence when he's out on the on the court with you. Yeah, and the offense flows through him. I think that's the difference, right? They can do the pick and roll him and Jamal Murray. You'll see them at the top of the key, pass it back and forth. Whoever's hot takes the shot. Whoever's open takes the shot or drives the lane. And the difference when he's out, you don't have that big passer. You got to respect Joker's three-point shot. You got to respect him inside and he's their tallest player so he can get them rebounds where on the lakers side they've got ad they've got javel mcgee both seven footers they've got dwight howard a third seven footer so you got three seven footers you can kind of rotate in and out joker's got to do the heavy lifting he's got to defend ad in the post he's got to use his energy getting rebounds on the defensive end he's got to come down and run the offense through him on the offensive end and then he's got to shoot buckets and make make shots so that's a lot you're asking for him to do where the lakers have a three-headed monster really seven foot headed monster that they can throw in there and rotate keeping those guys fresh but i'm it the the story of this series right now <laughs> is crazy look i respect lebron james as a man what he's accomplished as a basketball player the things he's done the things he does for the community but I played a lot of basketball, I mean, and you you know, I'm not a basketball player. I'm I'm a football player. I play pickup basketball, and LeBron reminds me of that guy who walks in. You know that dude's a baller. You know he played in high school. You know he was the man. He probably played in college. He knows it too. And instead of using his skill to beat you, he complains the whole game. It's like, dude, I never played basketball in high school. I never played in college. I'm a foot shorter than you. I'm not as skilled as you are. You're still out here complaining about ticky-tack fouls? Come on. Come on, man. So, yeah, But I think he just, he just wants equal treatment, right? <laughs> I mean, LeBron's got his, the whole Lakers team doing his bidding because reports are showing after the Lakers practice on Wednesday, head coach Frank Bogle was asked about James only shooting 10 free throws so far during this series. And if it was something the team has spoken to James about, Bogle kept it vague enough to avoid a fine for public complaints about officiating, but he also made it clear that the Lakers haven't been very happy with the calls James is and isn't getting quote. We're dealing with the fouls through the proper channels with the league i think he's gone to the basket very aggressively and i'll just leave it at that unquote and this isn't even the first time this season he's done that yeah. i did notice he got a lot of calls last night on it we were watching the game there were a couple that were a little in my opinion a little questionable especially for a conference finals when usually you let guys play a little more right there's a little more contact which is so it's interesting to me and that's why i brought up that that book scorecasting it's worth looking up because the thought process is you let you're supposed to let things go in these situations and i never fully understood that it's like hey here's the rules follow these rules oh but but it's like the finals do we have to follow all the rules I don't know. And the reason is, right, you don't want a breaking of a rule to change the the flow of a game or change an outcome, right? That's the NFL got so much flack for improperly utilizing a rule to change game. So that's the reasoning behind, hey, don't call this, don't call that. But you see it in baseball all the time. And I think baseball is a little different. But hey, if this is how he's calling the strike zone, adjust to the strike zone, right? Hey, he's always calling them outside. You can either complain all day about the strike zone being wrong, or you can just adjust to it and know, hey, if it's over there, that's what you got to hit. 
So yeah, and I, I think I think the difference in baseball though is you get that consistent. You you throw some in there, so you're hitting the same target. And in 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 basketball, right, fouls are kind of a moving target. You don't know what's going to get called and not, and how it's going to be called. There were a couple of times I thought Jamal Murray got hit pretty hard. How are you going to argue that's not in the act of shooting when he gets hit as he's spinning and lets go of the ball just because the ball wasn't out of his hand? when he shot it, he was already in the act of shooting. We've seen the man do a 360 in the air and that's in the act of shooting. It, it not when the ball leaves his hands. That's the Dwayne Wade move, right? Like just throw <laughs> the ball towards the basket no matter what you're doing. And if they touch you, you're gonna get your free throws. The contagiousness could <laughs> touch you. Right. So, I mean. <laughs> no, look, I, I completely hear you on that one. And it's one of those things in sports in general, I know it's, you know, we hear about, you know, Frank Vogel doing this and, and, and moves like that. But oddly enough, it's not necessarily specific to just LeBron and specific to basketball. No, of course not. Of course not. There's, of course there's not. plenty of teams that will complain, argue. You hear it in football. You hear it in baseball. Hey, my player's not getting this. Hey, this pitcher's getting too much of this. In football, it's, hey, I don't trust that team over there. I don't trust that Everyone defense. complains. Yep. And you, you're entitled to your right to complain. Yep. Going through the proper channels to me sounds very mafioso. Like, look, I'm not gonna complain here at the game. Like all, like when a manager complains to the umpire, that's part of baseball. You go out there, you kick dirt on the on the mound, you throw a chair, you get in the umpire's face, and they might be having a friendly conversation. We've heard some of those conversations. Like it looks like I'm yelling at you, but how are you doing? How are your wife and kids? <laughs> I'm just want to let you know that you shouldn't have let my guy get that last strike because that wasn't a strikeout. And don't make me come back out here and throw dirt, kick dirt on his feet, and walk have away. Have a good right? day. Goodbye. <laughs> So we, we've seen that and I understand that, but going through the proper channels, like, are we hitting up, are we hitting up uh, Adam Silver? Look, this is LeBron James, this is 17th season. You know, we're the Lakers, wink, wink. The Nuggets got time. Jamal Murray's 23, Joker's 20 something. Let, let us get this one so LeBron can win in this season of COVID and hold up the trophy and take it back to his school. I mean, that's when it starts looking, right? A little shady we're gonna go through quote unquote i'm doing air quotes you guys can't see them but i'm a can we're gonna go through the proper channels to me it's like that mob movie when you hit somebody up like look frank we need to hit this guy up go through the proper channels before you whack a guy that's 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 what it is you know you know al pacino you know robert de niro they could kill people but they had to go through the proper channels you had to get permission you can't you can't just kill a made man that's what it makes me think of i feel you I feel you. So the measuring stick we use on this show is Michael Jordan, and rightly so. Calling the league to get calls, I would encourage people to go back and watch The Last Dance, where Michael Jordan was literally getting elbows to the jaw and punched in the chest Different in the Pistons series. Different league. We saw Scottie Pippen get pushed into the third balcony. Basically, he got pushed into the third row, essentially. What did he do? Sucked it up, went in the gym, got even on the court. And last night, even with Fran Vogel's complaint, LeBron got a call. I mean, LeBron got two calls in the fourth and was still complaining to the ref and they gave him the foul. I'm like, dude, they said this foul was yours. Even the commentators, you know, they're supposed to be objective when they watch. Even they were like, LeBron, calm down, dude. You got the call. <laughs> he was complaining about it. Sticking with Jordan though, we talked about it, Ahmed. Jamal Murray switching up on, Lebr on LeBron James. That will be his signature highlight. I said it immediately after it happened. They're going to show that like MJ switching hands midair on Magic Johnson and the Lakers in the 91 finals. And he did it to LeBron. You're going to call it the layup? Is that what it's going to be called? I don't even know if we can call it the lay. I don't even know. We've got to come up with a name for that, but that's definitely going to be the signature moment. Like you said, when people look back and this is when we discovered this guy was for real. Yeah. You've already set the first stage for your ESPN 30 for 30. Yeah. And in full disclosure, you know, uh, a production note here, we filmed, we recorded a series called Noah player due to time restraints. Haven't been able to drop it in one of the episodes, but it features Jamal Murray. So we'll have to drop that in soon on it. So people know who this guy is because he's been in the league for a couple of years now. And I don't think he's gotten the attention, nor does he feel he's gotten the attention that he deserves. 
and I love, and this is Jordan-esque of him. I'm not calling him Michael Jordan. He's got a long way to go, but he doesn't back down from the competition, right? In the interview post-game, oh, is it a sign of respect that LeBron, you know, guarded you in the fourth? I play the same way no matter whether LeBron's guarding me, whether Kuzma's guarding me, whether Caruso's guarding me, I play the same way. And I, you got to love somebody with that fire because you know that dude's fighting for your team. Well, of course you got to play the same way, right? You, sh- you can't change up how you play just because who's guarding. Well, I mean, you can based on who's guarding you, but you can't some change. Guys pass, some guys pass. Some guys are like, well, LeBron was on me, so I thought it's better if I pass because, you know. But for what it's worth, with LeBron guarding him with 540 left in the game in the fourth, Murray had one turnover, one assist, and was 0 for 2. And both of those shots were contested at the rim. He got yes, four tested at the rim, but he went. LeBron went through the proper channels, so those fouls weren't called. Oh, so <laughs> you're saying those? You're twice. saying they're both? So you're saying they're both fouls? I believe they were both fouls. The okay. Murray should have got the whistle if they're calling consistent, like we said, right? We just want a fair game. Either don't call them, and people just go to the floor, and that's cool as long as they do it for both teams, or call every touch like a James Harden, like you blew <laughs> on his wrist. Yep. <laughs> The call, he like falls. call it evenly. That's all. He falls. <laughs> but he so, got his yes. four free throws. So yeah, so you're right. You're right. He, you know, he didn't he didn't deliver at the end there against LeBron. I think he was looking for the call, which he shouldn't have been, right? You gotta go up strong. You can't look for the call. Just like you said in baseball. You can't make the assumption. You gotta swing at the pitch, foul it off, but you can't assume that you're gonna get the call in that situation. But look, Telly, all of this gets us to this point. Three and one. This is exactly where they want to be. Exactly. This right. is where Denver, 2-2 would have been, they wouldn't know what to do with themselves. Yeah. And I, I believe if, if Denver wins last night, series over. Denver series, right? They haven't been in the driver's seat like that. And the Lakers, even though they're up 3-1, I would argue they've only put together one good game in the series. They almost gave it up last night. They needed AD's last second shot. Really, that was Denver's game that Denver came back and took from them in game three. So this series is a lot closer than the records indicate. When you can pull the trigger and pull pull off a Hall of Fame player off the bench, which Dwight will be, because he averaged a double-double like the first 10 years of his career. When you can pull a Hall of Famer off the bench just to come in and bully the other team's best player, you got something, right? And nobody knew it would turn out that way, so that's good on them. But really, they gambled on nothing. His contract, the NBA, contracts are guaranteed his contract wasn't even guaranteed they literally got dwight howard literally for free i know i know that's how so much people want him you're dwight, right you're right dwight howard is the leonard fournette like an old leonard fournette right the bucks <laughs> just got him for nothing but maybe he's gonna pay off big you don't know you're right but, if the lakers if the lakers win you know the argument will go one way and if they lose it'll go the other way I think you're you're totally right on that. And that's basically what sports is about, right? Especially this this shortened season, the bubble. I mean, look at the Bucks were clearly the best team going into the bubble by far. Nobody thought anybody could beat the Milwaukee Bucks. And look what ends up happening. So we're here for all of it. We're rooting for Denver. I'll speak for myself. I'm rooting for Denver. I, if it's I have no dog in the fight. I think it would be so exciting to see Denver win. Right. It would oh be yeah, so- that that would up and it would be anarchy. We <laughs> do this for you, the people. Here's, here's the deal. Like the NBA definitely doesn't want Denver to win, which plays back into my theory. The NBA is like LeBron at all costs. AD fell onto someone, twisted his ankle, and they gave that person a foul against AD. How do you land and hit somebody, and the other person gets the foul? The, the league is going all in on the Lakers because, you know, what the, the league wants is Lakers Celtics, which we've had 150 times before. Those are the two premier teams of the league. They're going to run back all the old clips they can find of Magic and Larry Bird. And they're going to find all the old clips of Kobe and Shaq versus the big three from Boston. Just, and Kevin Garnett and those guys, they're, they're just going to replay the whole the, all the old hits. That's what the NBA wants. Just remember, anyone that didn't wasn't a Michael Jordan fan in the '90s also said the NBA just wants Michael Jordan in the finals every year. (laughs) But at the same time, I mean, the calls—he didn't put in an official memo on letterhead like, "Dear 
Mr. Commissioner, I'm not getting calls. Like, let's see what we can do about this. Like, it wasn't like that. We seen the last dance. It definitely wasn't like that. <laughs> Either way, yeah. I mean, would have unearthed these documents and, and, made... and the game has changed, right? I mean, if it was last dance, you'd be sending a fax or some sort of memo, right? You're gonna have to, <laughs> have to fax the commissioner's office, send smoke signals, but we're off track here. Either we've way, gotta, we've got to play the hand word belt. If it's Lakers, he, I'm here, I'm it. Pat Riley. Pat Riley exacting some revenge, exercising some demons. LeBron didn't tell him what he was going to do. He left. He spurned him to go back to Cleveland. I think Pat Riley, you look at him, we were talking about some mob movies, you know what I'm saying? If Pat Riley wasn't an NBA coach, I think he would be a guy who paints houses. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think he would be one of those guys. And you don't mess with one of those guys, you know? What, do? am I a funny guy? Do I amuse you? Am I like a funny ha-ha kind of guy? Like, Pat Riley just sitting up there like, yes, I'm going to beat you with three white dudes that shoot threes. I'm going to beat you with three 20-year-olds. I'm going to beat you with no big-name talent on my team. I know you got AD. But we got you, LeBron, and I'm here for that. So I will say, if if these if the two series play out as they do, I think it's gonna be Lakers Heat, right? Just based off three one three one. Anything I, I think I'm I'm more confident in the Heat than the Lakers. But I'm yes, gonna go. I'm I think gonna we're go both in the same boat. I'm gonna go Heat Lakers final. And here's where my finals prediction gets weird. If it goes seven, I have the Heat in seven. If the Lakers start off strong, I have the Lakers in five. Either Lakers in five or Heat in seven. I don't think the Lakers can. T- I don't think the Lakers can take the Heat in a long in a long series. I think Pat Riley might send out one of those memos, but it ain't going to the NBA commissioner. <laughs> it's, it's going to the it's going to the real commissioner, and he's gonna get it done. <laughs> I think it's gonna be gonna fun. It's gonna be fun. I'm looking forward to it. Basketball. This the bubble has been fantastic. It has been a breath of fresh air when it comes to sports, and it's the, these games have just been a lot of fun to watch. Weird with the crowd and the videos and all that stuff on the back. A lot of these camera angles look like video games, which is kind of weird. Like you have to double take. Is this real? Is this happening? Uh, but it's it's been a lot of fun, and I'm excited to see where where the where the finals go. That's, That's the news from the bubble. News. From the NBA bubble. Bubble news. Yeah. Bubble news. It's time for our new segment, Amit. College football corner. It just felt right. There were so many stories that we were going to try. This is a production note to squeeze them before the business. But I was like, you know what? College football is too important for that, so we got to give it its own segment. told you guys last week about the Big Ten giving in to pressure. Carl from Ohio, shouts out to Carl, was upset about the Big Ten season being canceled and reached out after BTN 22 to express his frustrations. Last week on BTN 26, we shared that the Big Ten has given into the pressure and will have a college football season. But I would like to share some notes from the Journal of American Medical Association, a study that revealed that 15%, 15% of student athletes, so you're talking about the best in shape young college students that you can find at Ohio State that tested positive for COVID got myocarditis, which as we have identified here on the podcast and talked about on other episodes, puts you at risk for dying of early onset heart attack. So it's no joke. We talked about it in previous episodes. 15% of college students at Ohio State, college athletes, which tested positive, also got myocarditis. If you test positive, 
you are out for 21 days. If more than 5% of the team tests positive, your season is shut down. Carl, we still feel it's a money grab and not in the best interest of the student athletes of which we were both previously. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. You know, the the 5% and you got to shut them down, it's going to be, it's already a weird season. If you start seeing teams shut down in the middle of their schedule, it'll get interesting. It comes back to reporting on it because if 5% of your team, if 5% of Ohio State gets the virus of the, of this, of the uh, football team, then you can't play. How incentivizes that team to report positive cases? It's true. Speaking of positive cases, Notre Dame was supposed to play Wake Forest, but that game has been postponed due to seven positive COVID-19 tests. Notre Dame had to pause all football-related activities, including this Saturday's game, because of the uptick in cases. The school reported seven positive tests out of 94 administered last Monday. Combined with testing performed last week, the Irish currently have 13 players in isolation and an additional 10 players in quarantine because of contact tracing. This brings the total to 18 FBS games postponed or canceled this season and the third ACC game that's been postponed or canceled. 18 games have been canceled or postponed. This is definitely the most high profile of those games and we'll keep you guys posted throughout. Shouts out to former Notre Dame running back, Eris Noel, who's been a loyal beyonder since BTN1. Shouts out to you, we appreciate you. Sticking with college football here, a team has already decided they are totally over this season. <laughs> Austin P University is already calling it a season after just three games, Amit, and a whole lot of money coming in to get beat up by some much larger programs. Making a wise business decision to play a few games and raking some cash before looking towards a spring schedule. Austin P, which actually won 11 games in FCS in 2019 and reached their league's quarterfinals in the postseason, decided to ax their fall campaign after getting blown out by Central Arkansas, Pittsburgh, and Cincinnati by a collective score of 134 to 37. Pitt was supposed to host Miami of Ohio in its season opener and pay the small school a cool 1.1 million, but was left searching for a last minute cupcake after the Mac postponed its fall season. Enter Austin P, which happily took some money, although it's unknown if it had the same amount offered as Miami of Ohio. Yeah, as we've mentioned in previous episodes of Beyond the Numbers and BTN 16, with so many universities losing money, having to cancel other sports because they're not getting the revenue from college football games from this season, Austin P's move to pretty much just show up and get ragdolled all over the field for three games seemed like a bold business decision. Sticking with money and bold business moves in college football, we definitely have one, Amit. In BTN 17, we gave HBCUs much-deserved love. And if you haven't, we highly recommend going back to listen to that episode. We told you guys all they need is some attention. Attention brings eyes. Eyes bring sponsorships. Sponsorships bring money. And money allows them to recruit elite talent. Enter Jackson State, an HBCU in Arkansas, and enter prime time Deion Sanders as the next head coach of the Jackson State Tigers football team. Now, they'll definitely get the national stage on it and a chance at the money that comes with it. And now they'll have some prime time. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah, for sure. And you and I were talking on it. This could bring a Netflix series, a hard knock style show from HBO, a documentary series, a number of things just to shine a light on this school and in turn shine a light on HBCUs in general so people can learn what they're about, show the type of education that you can get there and turn some of these programs around with some talent. So it's not just primetime telly. He's hired a couple of fellow Hall of Famers to his staff hiring Terrell Owens as his wide receiver coach and Warren Sapp as his defensive line coach. He's also hiring Jason Phillips as the offensive coordinator 
Dennis Thurman as defensive coordinator and Mario Edwards Sr. as the defensive backs coach. He said his staff has been together for months and is already meeting. He added that they have a combined 84 years of NFL playing and coaching experience. So tell you what, you want to help recruiting, throw some of those names out there. You'll have plenty of guys just wanting to go there to work with those guys. Exactly, exactly. That school is going to definitely get a bump in recruiting, and we will be watching and keeping you posted on all of that action. Congrats to Dion Primetime Sanders. Moving on to the Commander-in-Chief trophy. In the age of COVID, there only seems to be one certainty about the 2020 college football season. Air Force, Army, and Navy have pledged to conduct the Commander-in-Chief Trophy Series no matter what happens. Air Force is a member of the Mountain West, one of the four FBS conferences that have canceled all fall sports. At present, the Air Force 2020 schedule consists of two games, Telly, one at home against Navy on October 3rd, and at Army West Point on November 7th. Yeah, so this one is interesting because... (laughs) Two of the schools have no schedule. That left Navy coach Ken Niamatolo, whose program still has an 11-game schedule, questioning the midshipmen are slated to open the season September 7th against BYU and also have an eight-game conference slate in addition to the two service academy showdowns. He asked, quote, who are Air Force and Army playing? Unquote, asked during a virtual news conference. Quote, they practice four months to get ready for us. All the while, we're getting beat up in other games, unquote. Coach, I feel your pain. That's like an SEC team. We getting beat up every week. We got Alabama. We got LSU. We got Tennessee when they're good. We got Arkansas. We got all these Auburn. And then we got to play in Ohio State, a Big Ten team, an ACC team that has no competition. Clemson, I'm looking at y'all. Who Clemson got to play? UNC, Florida State. Who who does Clemson has to play in the ACC? Shouts out to the SEC. Sticking with the SEC, we talked to Coach Ed Ogeron this week. Go Tiger. And Ogeron says Amit that he thinks most, and this is very serious, so I, I don't want to play games with this part. He says he feels like most of his team has gotten the virus. And we started this segment telling you guys how serious the virus is and how little we know about it. So we hope that's not true, but we'll play the soundbite for you so you can hear Coach say it out of his own mouth. Lastly, it is game one for my Florida Gators who play Ole Miss this Saturday, September 26th. Best of luck and go Gators. And Coach Odron, did you have something to say? Go Gator. Dion Sanders, Dion, thank you for joining us. Congratulations to you. We heard one of your players say it just doesn't feel real. Does it feel real to you? And what went through your mind when the opportunity to be a head coach at Jackson State University came along? I was elated. You talking about a team academically that leads the FCS and APR. You talking about a school that's uh, unheralded 33,000 fans, which is astounding. You talking about four former Hall of Famers that matriculated from this institution. I am excited. I'm I'm elated. I have on my whistle right now. I cannot wait to get on the grass and do some coaching. Yeah, don't blow your whistle doing this interview. We don't we don't need that this morning. <laughs> but you know, there are there are a lot of schools. And they're Big Ten schools, for instance. Big Ten schools say they, they have so many more resources. But you decided to go to Jackson yes. State when I'm, I'm sure you had other opportunities. So this is an historic move. Why is this so important to you to coach at an HBCU? Um, first and foremost, God led me to Jackson State. That, that's what I can truly honestly say. And it's just sitting on that stage and, and looking my people in the eye and, and saying and proclaiming what I plan on doing with this program. We have a coaching staff that has 84 years of NFL experience combined coaching and playing. And these kids just need the level feel just level. They need the playing field level. I, I cannot wait for this opportunity. If you give us the resources, you give us the same resources that these other schools have, 
we're going to prove that there is a highway that takes you from Jackson State all the way into the NFL what? and professionalism. We're not just raising professional football players. We're raising professionals. And, and I, I am a HBCU product myself. So I think this, as you said, it gives some legitimacy to the program. That, and does put you on the, uh, uh, the same playing field, which is very important for all these young men out there. And, and a top prospect, McCord Maker, he was recruited by some big mm -hmm. college basketball program. But he announced that he's going to attend Howard University because it is an HBCU. BCU. So do you think this is the beginning of a trend by some of these young black athletes? I'm praying so. I'm not, not just the young black athletes, their parents as well. Only a kid just wants to know, when I leave the inner city, can I go to a better situation? Mm. That's why we're trying to show them how wonderful the dorms are, the training tables. We have new facilities going in Jackson State University as we speak, which should be concluded by June. I cannot wait. Long as these kids know we're going to get a better situation than once we left, they're apt to do it. And I'm praying that they do because we sent out a bunch of offers yesterday to some of the best. We're not recruiting uh, low caliber kids. We're recruiting the same kids as some of the major universities are recruiting. And we plan on landing them. It's time for our new segment, NFL Nuggets, where we go beyond the numbers and bring you the stories within the story of the stories that matter within the NFL. It's all about the Nuggets. We talked about it last time. I'll repeat the themes of this year's NFL season, the anthem, unity, and COVID. And on the COVID front, Amit, last week on BTN26, we talked about how ridiculous the NFL coaches looked on the sidelines, primarily because it seemed they all had on homemade PPE. And we asked the NFL, to issue some official gear, like the stuff they have available in the store for civilians, like matching masks with the team logo on it, with a Nike check on the side, anything, so they look a little more professional. Well, the NFL did issue something on it. They issued some fines. That's right, Telly, over a million dollars worth of fines. The NFL fined three head coaches, Denver's Vic Fangio, Seattle's Pete Carroll, and San Francisco's Kyle Shanahan, $100,000 each for not wearing a mask this past Sunday. And each of their teams were fined an additional $250,000 per sources to ESPN. So that comes down to just over a million and $1.05 million in fines for not wearing masks. Yeah, so we'll see. We'll see how it all shakes out. My only thing, Ahmed, it would only make sense to me if this is the funding that they're using to buy matching masks for all the coaches and the PPE like we recommended. How is the NFL, they get helmets made. Why don't they hook up with Rydell and make a visor that covers the coach's face, but that doesn't fog up, a la Andy Reid, who was struggling on Thursday Night Football with Kansas City Chiefs last weekend with his homemade little visor. Okay, how come they don't hook up and get them matching masks like the NBA has with Stance, the company that Dwayne Wade is invested in that primarily makes socks and underwears, but they're making masks now. Yeah, and this is going to be a problem season long, right? You saw plenty of guys. I, I think the weird part is not a single player has a mask on, but the coaches have masks on. So it's like, I don't know how that specifically helps or works. We'll see. We'll see. Like I said, that's one of our themes for this season. Also, last week on BTM 26, we mentioned how there would be more injuries this season as well. How's this for injuries? Seven torn ACLs is an NFL record. And again, with less OTAs, preseason, less snaps, you're going from the couch to full speed and full contact, which means more injuries. I mentioned to you guys, it takes a couple weeks to get used to getting hit and it gets used to hitting the right way. It, get, it takes time to get used to running full speed, recovering. So it's not a surprise that week two of the NFL, there's seven torn ACLs. Telly, let's look at our studs and duds this week. Teams were 440 and 0 entering this past Sunday when scoring 39 points 
and zero turnovers before Atlanta decided they didn't want to win that game. Leonard Fournette, my guy that I picked up in fantasy football, played 36 games with the Jacksonville Jaguars. He had one game with 100 yards and two rushing touchdowns. He did that in his second game with your Tampa Bay Rays. And not Rays, Bucks. Tampa Bay, but it'd be nice if he was putting up 100 yards and two touchdowns. I think Kevin Kiermaier is taking care of that, covering the outfield for the Rays. So we'll stick with the Bucks, but I like where your head's at. I mentioned, what if the Lightning and the Rays win championships for Tampa? But let's throw the Bucks in there, too. Like, what if we just take all three COVID championships right now? On the opposite end of that spectrum, the team that's definitely not going to win a championship this year is the Detroit Lions. They're making history in all the wrong ways, Amit, because they are the first team in NFL history to lose four straight games in which they held a double digit lead. Take See, that I thought my, data. I thought my Giants would have that, but then I realized they would never get a double digit lead to give up. So it's not a problem. Just remember that while your Giants were winning Super Bowls and being decent and have Eli Manning as a quarterback, the Lions have been consistent. They've cost two Hall of Famers careers. That's how bad they are. Two Hall of Famers quit. They said, I don't want to play no more. This team sucks that bad. I would rather not make millions of dollars and quit. That's how bad that team is. Fair enough. Fair enough. Last week, we talked about how kickers were terrible. They had record losses in terms of misses and uh, field goal percentage. Well, this past week, Harrison Butker, the kicker for the Chiefs, and my fantasy kicker hit the game-winning field goal three times in a row, Telly. First time, a 53-yarder, there was a flag. Penalty. Next one, 58 yards, kicks it, makes it. Call it a timeout. And finally, the third time, for real, knocks out a 58-yard kick. This man's got a leg. That was some ice in his veins, too, for having to do it three times in a row. So shouts out to him making those three kicks. Steven Gutzkowski could have used those three makes last week for his three misses of definitely not 58 yards. He was missing 20-some yard field goals last week. Stefan Diggs had a 153 yards and a touchdown in week two. His previous team, the team that let him go, they didn't want him no more. The Vikings had a total of 113 receiving yards, zero touchdowns, which is crazy. Usually when you have the quarterback of a franchise, you add tools to help them out, you don't take them away. Yeah, so we're seeing wide receivers are getting revenge. Last week was DeAndre Hopkins. This past week, Stephon Diggs. Week three, who knows? Who knows? Shouts out to the receivers. Pats fans were worried with Tom Brady gone, what were they going to do? Well, they pick up Cam Newton right before the season starts. And what does he do? He accounts for 95.7% of New England's yards on offense in week two. And that's 444 of 464 yards for all him. Shouts out to Cam Newton. You know, that's one of my old teammates with the Florida Gators. And no fear, New England fans, because y'all got y'all got a hungry Cam Newton. Y'all got a dude that not even about the money. He doesn't. He want said it. it's about his career right now. He said it's about rewriting the books on his reputation and trying to take a team to the promised land. I know Bill Belichick is licking his chops because he's never had somebody this athletic or this stylish. <laughs> Quarterbacks this season that have signed for more guaranteed money than Cam Newton. I'm going to read this list to you. Have some patience. Let me know if you hear some names you never heard of before. Andy Dalton, Blaine Gabbert, Brett Hundley, Colt McCoy, my boy Jeff Driscoll from the Gators. Shouts out to Jeff Driscoll. Chase Daniel, Marcus Mariota, Case Keenum, AJ McCarron, Chad Henney, Matt Schaub, yes, Matt Schaub is still in the league. Matt Barkley and Nathan Peterman. Not Nathan Peterman from Seinfeld, but you get the point. <laughs> With Tyrod Taylor out, Justin Herbert came in. And he is the first NFL player since 1954 with a passing and rushing touchdown in the first half of his NFL debut. Kind of crazy. And for Tyrod Taylor, I hope you get better soon. Tyrod was out with 
broken ribs was supposed to receive a shot to numb the area and provide some pain relief. And instead, the doctor administering the shot punctured his lung. So that's why he was out. Hopefully he gets better soon and he's able to come back. Although with a start like that from from Justin Herbert, it'd be sad to see him lose the starting position. You hate to see it because we saw it last year, right? With uh, with Hard Knocks, Tyrod Taylor was the Brown starter. He was de facto starter. And sure enough, they throw Baker Mayfield in there. And boy, do they wish they still had Tyrod Taylor because Baker is not looking like much of a quarterback this season compared to how he was doing last year. So you always have to have that veteran in there. Also, Tyrod Taylor got a bad shake with the Buffalo Bills, which he led to the playoffs for the first year of many years. So we hope that things go well for him. He's a stand-up dude, man. He's a stand-up guy. Drew Brees now, sticking with quarterbacks, has only thrown two passes of 20 yards in the air this season, which ties him for 32nd in the league. He's actually averaging 4.6 yards per throw, which is the second lowest in history behind only Brett Favre from 2009. And Brett Favre was also on the aging at that point. So with Michael Thomas playing, Breeze has a 40 and 18 record with a 109.2 passer rating, 121 pass touchdowns and 29 interceptions. In the two games without Thomas since he was drafted, Breeze is now 0-2 with a 69 passer rating, one pass touchdown, four interceptions. So it pays to have an athletic receiver who's money when it comes to catching the ball. Hashtag can't guard Mike, which is Michael Thomas's Twitter handle. Speaking of money, Patrick Money Mahomes has won an NFL record six straight games when trailing by double digits. Russell Wilson has now thrown nine touchdowns and only 11 incompletions through his first two games. He has a 140 QB rating and an 82.5% completion rating. Telly, will this finally be the year where he wins the MVP title? Let me throw a stat at you. Do you know that Russell Wilson has never received one MVP vote? One vote! One MVP vote! Forget the title. This dude is definitely the best quarterback in the game. We are in love with Money Mahomes. He's a baller, but at this point in his career, it's hard to beat Russell Wilson who is balling out of control right now. And I think because he plays in Seattle, they just don't get a lot of love and a lot of shine on TV. And it's raining at all their games because he's up in Seattle. Imagine if he was on the Chiefs, Amit, the Charger game wouldn't have went overtime. Just put it that way. Patrick Mahomes got a lot of shiny toys to throw to in Kansas City. And they got Edwards Alaire to run the rock. And Seattle, you know, they got a couple guys, but they ain't got, they're not stacked like Kansas City is. This past week, there were five quarterbacks, age 25 or younger, that had a 100 plus passer rating with a minimum of 40 attempts over the first two games, which is the most in any season in the Super Bowl era. And who were those five quarterbacks? Lamar Jackson, 134.6 passer rating. Josh Allen, 122.9 pass rating. Garner Minshew, 115.7 pass rating. Jared Goff, 108.5 pass rating. And your boy, Patrick Money Mahomes, 104.0 pass rating. A lot of youth in the league right now, and they're all doing well. The league's in good hands, man. And I think the difference, too, is that you come out of college balling like that now. And I think Dan Marino, Troy Aikman, those guys have said it. Back in the day in college, you just didn't prepare for as much passing and reading of defenses as you do now. So these guys come in the game ready to play from year one. Back in the day, you had to sit a couple years and learn. And our last stud, Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray is the first quarterback in the Super Bowl era to pass for more than 500 yards and rush for over 150 yards for the first two games of the season. So it looks like DeAndre Hopkins has started his MVP campaign for Murray. I mean, I thought he was a baseball player, man. I thought I thought y'all had that locked up, that talent. I thought y'all were going to throw money at him and keep him. But yeah, as we've mentioned, as we've mentioned, MLB just won't let the boys play. So the boys going to choose other sports. 
Plus, Kyler Murray knows that if he goes to Oakland, Moneyball Oakland, the last thing he's going to get is money. That's true, too. That is true. And he can always, if he retires from football, go go play a couple years in MLB. Final fun fact. Last season, Tremaine, Terrell, and Trey Edmonds became the first three-brother matchup to take place in the same NFL game since 1930. Well, this season in the NFL's 100th season, it's set to happen again this week in the Texans versus Steelers game with JJ, TJ, and Derek Watt. I'm wondering what the parents, what jerseys the parents are going to be wearing because it's three of them. You could split a jersey in two. I don't know if you could split a jersey in three. We'll see. I'm sure they'll have little cutaways to them. And I cannot wait, Amit, for Monday night football tomorrow by the time you guys listen to this which is between the kansas city chiefs and the baltimore ravens which puts money mahomes against lamar jackson that's gonna be a heck of a matchup i cannot wait to watch that game thank you for going beyond the numbers with us we're a weekly podcast dedicated to going beyond the numbers of sports and life to bring you the story within the story of the stories that matter. We're available on all major podcasting platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Whatever you're listening on now, please be sure to click the follow or subscribe button to get our latest content. And remember, you can find us on Instagram, Beyond the Numbers Podcast, and on Twitter, at BeyondTN Podcast. Till next time, peace! peace.